hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of the COD Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bass, or Kyle Savior is what I go as online. And what this show is going to be about is Call of Duty. It's it's going to be about the new Call of Duties coming out, current news about whatever the current Call of Duty is, uh, the Call of Duty League that is coming up around the corner. And that's what this first episode is mainly going to be about, is the Call of Duty League inaugural event being held up in Minnesota. But first, we're going to go ahead, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the topics that will be in this episode. We're going to talk about uh, the, the new sponsorships that were announced today for the Call of Duty League. We're going to talk about the upcoming event up in Minnesota, um, kind of like some drama around that, things that are going on up there. And then we're going to go through the power rankings for the teams um, right now. We're going to go through all of those, talk about the starters for each team, and I'm going to kind of give my thoughts about how each of these teams are going to perform. So let's go ahead and hop in with the sponsorships. So one of the first sponsors that were announced, uh, Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel, coming back. Uh, it's going to be the premier drink, I guess, uh, energy drink for both the actual Call of Duty City League circuit and the Challenger events uh, with the amateurs playing on side stations uh, kind of near the main events. Uh, obviously, another one coming back, PlayStation. PlayStation is going to be here again. It, it's kind of been obvious. Everyone's been knowing that. Everyone's been playing on their PlayStations. It wasn't going to switch up to PC or Xbox again. It was not going to go back. Uh, Astro Gaming coming in uh, as the headset sponsor. And this is actually kind of cool. They've been the sponsor for uh, Call of Duty League before for a very long time. And... What they're doing now with this franchising model, they're actually going to be having custom speaker tags for the headphones, which I think is really cool. It's going to be uh, the Call of Duty League logo, and then each of the 12 teams are going to have their own uh, speaker tags, which is going to be really cool. They're going to be able to rep those at the event, just adding a lot more for the team to play with. Uh, another comeback sponsor is Scuff Gaming, and they're doing a very similar thing where they're going to be having actual custom, uh, like, Face plates, I'm assuming, for the Vantage. Uh, they're going to have custom controllers, though, for each of the teams, which I think is really cool. Uh, just gives the players to have more of like a team unity with their uniform and gives fans a lot more options to have support for their teams. Um, and then coming in with a brand new sponsorship, and this kind of came out of left field, I don't think anybody was really expecting something like this to happen or for a sponsor like this to come in. But we have the U.S. Air Force. And I mean, that's just really interesting. It's when you think about it, it's almost endemic and non-endemic, um, because you have a military, uh, like force, you have a military unit coming in to sponsor Call of Duty, a video game, and it just feels kind of weird and off balance. But at the same time, it makes so much sense for such a large, like I mean, the biggest military shooter in the world to have a military sponsorship. And I think they're doing some of the cool things. Um, I think the, the Air Force is going to be sponsoring the match metrics uh, is what I've read online. That's going to be all of the statistics you see at the end of the game. Uh, it's going to be kind of like the stats they throw up on the little uh, lower thirds and stuff when they're showing off players, when they're showing off the game about to start, who's doing well on this map, things like that. 
Uh, so that'll be sponsored by the Air Force. And then following that, they're also going to be having kind of like flight simulators at the events, which I think is really cool. Uh, it makes me want to kind of really go out there and try one of these. If you get to try out one of the actual U.S. Air Force's flight simulators, I'm assuming it's going to be the same things that they use to like train pilots on before they actually get in an airplane. So I just think I, they're doing some really cool things with these sponsorships. Uh, and to kind of wrap up, that we're going to kind of move into this first event where the Air Force, I, I'm assuming, should be. And we're going to start talking about the first inaugural event of the Call of Duty World League. Uh, or I guess just the league now for 2020. It is the first franchised year for Call of Duty in history. A really big thing. Really, really huge for the scene. And I'm really excited about this. Um, it's up in Minnesota. Which a lot of people have been showing their upset uh, online, on streams, in different uh, just forms of like Snapchat, Twitter, everything. People are upset about it. Not because they had to go up to Minnesota, but because of just it's January, it's freezing outside, literally less than 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's snowing there. And it's just like they should have. I, I understand where they're coming from. It would have made sense to have this probably closer to the summer ones. Could have had Dallas as one of the first events. A lot of people would have come out to that huge rivalry with the Dallas Empire and Chicago Huntsman. Everyone would be excited to see that in the hometown of Dallas. Uh, and the weather's there. I mean, it's, it's going to be in the 60s. It's like great weather for something like this. But despite that, um, there has been some more drama coming out about the uh, Minnesota Rocker, the host of this event, not being very like fair. Apparently they have no competitive integrity to quote Patrick Ake's price. So something that's been going on since all the players and teams have been arriving up in Minnesota is the scrim stations that they have set up for the players to practice on have not been set up properly. They are not working. They are not right teams are not able to actually scrimmage against each other right now in the in the venue which is a big problem i mean you have all these teams coming up from everywhere across the world 10 teams in the u.s nine are traveling uh one already in minnesota and then you got the london royal ravens and you got paris legion coming from across the like the big ocean <laughs> and they're not able to practice right i think i saw uh scraps online talking about how he had shot like two and a half thousand bots uh just because the setups weren't working and it, it's it's just been a big problem they've been there for just not do like they've just been in the venue not able to play it's been a big problem they kind of shoot bots or have they just have to kind of chill but they're not able to practice and it's understandable where they're coming from um if i could find quotes uh the exact Quote from Aches, it is, So, the Minnesota, Minnesota Rocker is responsible for the setup and holding the tournament this weekend, yet no setups are working for any teams. Practice is on hold for hours. However, the Rocker team are at their training facility grinding away. No competitive integrity nowadays. And so that's what he's talking about. While all these issues are going on down at the venue, the actual Rocker team that's hosting this event is able to keep practicing because they're up in their facility, they have their setups there, and they can continually play the game, continually prepare and just keep warm and for this event coming up. Uh, and so I completely get where he's coming from with that. It does seem a little unfair, but at the end of the day, he can't 
no one is going to stop them from playing. Everyone kind of understands why they would keep playing. Um, but it does make a little bit of sense. On the other end of the spectrum with the Challenger uh, event that's happening up in Minnesota, there was a lot of drama that came out of that. Um, so the obviously with it being um, very last second with them kind of changing the format of how the leagues were working, uh, now they have these Challenger events going, kind of going on side by side with all of the uh, different uh, host cities and such. There's actually uh, the Challenger Series is happening, I think, alongside this tournament. And so, or alongside this uh, first event. And what's happening is that the venue is actually set up kind of inside of like a garage area. Now, let it be known that the garage is underground. It's in, it's, it's in a good place. It's, it's safe. It's warm. Everything is good. But one of the uh, players that was there a little early, I think his Twitter username is King Gwid, K-I-N-G-G-U-I-D. Um, he put out a video uh, showing off like that they were in a garage, uh, and just like underground in this weird area, just like really weird for a Call of Duty event. Not many people were expecting it. Excuse me. And they're, they can't, like the people are just joking about it. Like they're just like throwing shade at uh, the Minnesota. Like, how can you guys do this? Like we're in a garage. Someone was making a joke about like how if their scuff controller broke, they could just turn around and grab an extra one out of the trunk of their car. Um, so everyone was kind of talking about that. Then a Barstool account took that video and posted it out themselves, stating that inside the venue was 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, everyone started getting really mad about this. Like, how can you allow that cold of like a temperature to be in where you're playing a game? Like, how can you have a venue like this that shouldn't be allowed? It's honestly dangerous for the players. And I get where that would make sense if it wasn't for the fact that it was completely false. Um, if you go look at multiple accounts, a lot of the pros that have been in there, we're talking about it's actually very warm with it being underground. Uh, it's being underground. They're pumping in heat. There's PlayStations, monitors, uh, broadcasting equipment. There's going to be hundreds of people in there. It's going to be very warm. Uh, I think Arcides, I cannot remember if it, who the actual pro was, but I believe it was Arcides was talking about how he was actually sweating, just like, kind of walking around down there. It was getting really warm. So I really don't think it's going to be any kind of issue for uh, the weather down there. I think it was kind of blown out of proportion. Everything was just kind of here and there and everywhere. Uh, so now for the actual main event, we're going to get into the power rankings. We're going to talk about the players on each of these teams and kind of give my thoughts um, about where all, where all this lines up. So starting at number 12, I feel like the general consensus is the Paris Legion squad um, with the starting roster of Zed, Kismet, Dins, Phantoms, and Shocks. That could be incorrect. I might have gotten a few. I can't. I don't think I've seen anything online of their correct starting roster. I haven't seen anything on their Twitter. Um, I just kind of had to get this off the Call of Duty League website. But that, those are the five I have. Um, people kind of have a consensus of them being at number 12 right now just because you haven't seen much of them. I mean, they're all the way in another country uh, across the world. They haven't really gotten to practice well against a lot of these big teams. They haven't gotten to play uh, nearly as much uh, against these other teams. I think that they could surprise some people. They definitely will have practice. They'll definitely have their strategies down. They're going to know what they're going to do. But I could definitely understand why they're back at number 12, and I somewhat agree with it, but we'll have to wait until the tournament or until these, this first event kind of comes and goes. Uh, start coming in at number 11, which is honestly really surprising 
to me is the Los Angeles Gorillas. You have a lot of veterans on here with Aches and Saints and Lacefield. Um, those guys have been around forever. Aches has obviously been the grandpappy of Call of Duty. He's been here for for just decades, it feels like. Uh, and then you got Blast and Aqua coming up as their young guns. And I don't really understand why these guys would be back at number 11. I could kind of understand at number like 8 or 9. Uh, I think I actually heard from one of the Minnesota players recently on another podcast that they didn't start really playing the game together and scrimming until kind of mid-December, which does make a lot of sense um, as to why people are rating them this low. I still believe that they have a lot of talent on this roster. They can definitely make something come together. I don't think that they're going to perform nearly as bad as a lot of these other analysts and players are saying. Um, they obviously don't have nearly as much practice, but they have a lot of talent, and I think you can still get your uh, kind of act together in this kind of, of time frame. You can definitely take care of what you need to take care of, and with, with just the pure talent that you have and the leadership and aches, it should turn out pretty well i don't think they're going to be the best they're not going to be the worst they're going to be a middle of the run team 11 is not where i would put them at uh coming in at number 10 we have the london royal ravens with dylan Waskins, scraps jerd and rated and i believe this is the only uh team that is completely um international if I, if I do remember that correctly, I don't believe Legion has all five international players. Um, but so, yes, all five of London Royal Ravens are from London, making it big for the home crowd, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're scrappy. They're a scrappy team. Um, Scraps and Wuskins have been playing together for so long. Uh, it made sense for them to come back as brothers, twins, onto this roster uh, in their hometown. And I, I, it's similar to Paris Legion where they haven't gotten much practice. They haven't been in the U.S. for too long to really scrim and play against these other like pro top teams. Um, but these guys have also been around forever. Jerd rated big names in Call of Duty. Everyone's known them for a very long time, killing it at the Gfinity events, doing really well at COD XP, um, just doing well at events in general whenever they come over overseas. Wuskin and Scraps have been around for the last few years. They've been a big name in Call of Duty, uh, usually teaming with each other. I don't remember if they've had enough. They've had a few events against each other back in Black Ops 4, actually. Um, but they've been doing super well. And then Dylan is ridiculous. He was definitely one of the top pros in World War II. Uh, I believe a lot of people kind of thought of him as just one of the best Call of Duty players at that time. Uh, did really well during Black Ops 4 as well. And coming into, war like, or coming into Modern Warfare, he's been killing it on all these scrims. He's been doing really well online. Obviously, it's going to be different coming into LAN, but I do believe that they will do a lot better than 10th. Maybe not anything anywhere near top five, but they will they will perform pretty well. Coming in at number nine is the Toronto Ultra, uh, with a starting roster that was finally announced very recently, uh, with Methods, Looney, Classic, Cami, and Medals. And this is a this is a very interesting situation because Toronto Ultra is the only team in this entire league that has a full ten person roster. And apparently, and all these scrims they've been playing in, and every tournament they've been playing in online, every little wager match with all five players, they've never had a consistent same five starting players. 
So I think it got announced earlier this week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, that they were had their roster, their starting roster prepared, and I'm not sure how well they're going to do. Nine seems generous. I could definitely see them at the 10 or 11 spot with the amount of people that they have. Uh, I could definitely see the other five kind of being just the academy team at this point. They have their set full roster for the rest of the season. Um, I think things will click later down the road. Methods has always been really good. Looney and Classic have been around for a long time. Um, they know what they're doing. And Camion Medals, I think, are just coming up from the S&D scene. This is their first time in the league. Uh, but I, I, they've been really talented for what they've done. And I think they're going to do very well. The Toronto Ultra will not do well this first weekend in my mind. Um, they, I definitely see the 9, maybe 10 or 11 spot at the end of the weekend. But uh, coming down the road, I think they'll start picking up steam. They'll really start understanding how to play with each other. And I could definitely see them performing a lot better towards the end of the season. Coming in at number 8, and this is really surprising to me as well, is Optic Gaming Los Angeles, where you have Kenny, TJ Halley, Dashy, Daycap, and Slasher. Like you just listen to that roster. If you heard that roster in any other game, you said they have championships. They got a championship locked down at some point. And to see them in number eight is just very surprising to me. I mean, Kenny, TJ, Halley, Dashy, they've been around for just not – they haven't been around too long, but they have been disgusting young players. They're going to be around for a, a very long time. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. And then you got the veteran – and jcap he's been around since call of duty 4 possibly he's been here for so long he he knows what call of duty is he knows how to play a game he knows how to be in these championship and these tournaments and these events he knows what it's like he can help in any situation or anything like that and slasher has been around for quite a bit of time too and he's really recently started coming into form he's always been good and as a recent he has been great coming in with a 100 thieves roster back in black ops 4 really helping just take takeover tournaments coming in at number seven and i really am interested in seeing how this team is is the florida mutineers with havoc mox skies frosty and pristini a lot of people are referring to the minnesota rocker as a dark horse team i think this team is going to be a dark horse team you have a lot of young talent on here with mox skies and pristini and you got frosty a world halo championship winner Coming over from Halo into Call of Duty uh, after last, like, I think he played in last season. He's coming in again for the World League, and he is disgusting at anything he puts his hands on. He, uh, this team is <clears throat> extremely underrated. Um, I have I don't know how they've been performing in scrims per se. I don't know how they've been performing online. Obviously, none of that matters in comparison to once they start playing on land. But I feel like this team is very underrated. People aren't prepared for what they're going to be able to do. They're all young guns. They're all going to be shooting really straight, moving around the map with in, insane movement. They're going to understand how to flow through the game. And I feel like they're going to be a dark horse that a lot of players and teams are not prepared to play against. Coming in at number six, uh, respectable number six, is the New York Subliners with Accuracy, Temp, Zuma, Attach, and Zero. One of the first rosters announced uh, fully for the Call of Duty League this season. Um, yeah, I, uh, six feels very respectable. I can see them at five, six, um, anywhere like that, maybe four. Uh, depending on how they perform this weekend, they really got to come out and show it. Zuma and Attach obviously being a duo for so long. 
temp really coming uh, together in this last season of Black Ops 4. Always been a very good player, but just really showing his true colors and his true talent uh, in this last season. Accuracy, obviously, has been around for a really long time. Um, World War II was his, I would say, his breakout game. He had been playing for a lot of time before that, but that TK roster back in World War II, he was disgusting. Uh, really brought that team together with Chino and Kenny. Um, and Theory just taking over that game. Um, he was a big component in that. And Zero coming over from the the British Isles. <laughs> uh, he's coming over over to New York from across the seas, and he's always been a really talented player. He's been around for quite a few years. Uh, this roster, honestly, is just a lot of talent, a lot of flanking. They're going to be behind you. They're going to be up in your face a lot. Um I, I could see them doing very well against a lot of these teams. They'll be able to take maps off of anyone. They could lose against anyone. I understand where they could be in the middle of the road. They might get a little heated in mid-match. But they're, they're going to do very well. I feel like this first weekend they're going to come out probably uh, do pretty decent against most of the teams that they play against. Coming in at number five is what I was talking about earlier, is what most people are referring to as the dark horse, the underdogs, people that are feeling this is the most underrated team right now, is the Minnesota Rocker with Assault, GodRx, Asim, Silly, and Alex as the starting roster. And I understand where people are coming from. Uh, you see this team, you see these world championships uh, winners on here with Silly, uh, an assault just coming off of a world championship win with uh, their rosters uh, that, with EG. Um, and I think it was World War II. And they're honestly, a lot of these players, not many people would recognize some of these names. Um, Got our ex, Alex. Not many people recognize names like that. A seam just coming up from Phase after the last season and Black Ops 4. Uh, they've been doing really well online. They've been taking maps off of everyone, off of Dallas Empire, off of Atlanta Phase. Everything's been coming together really well for them. I, I don't see them as a dark horse team per se, though. I could see them at a number five, at a number four, at a number three spot even. Um, they're a very talented team, but I don't think they're underrated. I feel like people are assessing them and seeing at where they're going to be at. I feel like it's very kind of understood that they're going to be a very good team, but they're, they're probably not going to be the best team. Uh, I'm excited to watch them play, uh, especially they have the home field advantage at this first event. That's going to be a huge thing. I honestly feel like a lot of people are going to want to come out and support them. They're going to have the cheers behind their back other than when they're probably playing Dallas Empire or Chicago Huntsman, but I'm not too sure that they actually play each other this weekend. Um, coming in at number four is Seattle Surge, other than I known as the Dad Squad. Uh, we got... Apathy, Karma, Slacked, Enable, and Octane. All very re recognized names. Uh, everyone knows these players. Apathy's been around for a very long time. <coughs> Excuse me. Apathy's been around for a very long time. Karma's been here forever. He is the one of the, one of the caught fathers. Everyone knows him as the GOAT. He's the only one to ever win three rings in the Call of Duty World Championships. He, he is honestly just a disgusting player. And then you're coming over with Slacked. He's been here for a really long time, really long teammate of Classic over on another roster. Uh, Enable and Octane. Enable and Octane had a very, very good recent season uh, in Black Ops 4 with 100 Thieves. 
they wanted to come through on the same uh, roster again. They're really happy to do so, coming over here to Seattle Surge, especially when you're joining the likes of Karma and Apathy. They've been veteran players. They've been extremely talented every single time they've played. Uh, it, honestly, I see I see where they're coming at with a number four. Uh, I'd probably put them probably closer to five or six for my preseason power rankings. Yeah, it just feels kind of like it would fit them a little bit better, but I'm excited to watch them play. Coming in at number three is probably the most popular team uh, by far, the Chicago Huntsman, with Hex being the co-owner and CEO or co-CEO of NRG, the parent company of the Huntsman. Uh, a lot of people are going to be cheering for this team uh, no matter what. They're going to be big fans of all the players on this team, which are Arcity's formal Gunless, Scump, and Envoy. And when you just read those names, it's disgusting. Gunless obviously being one of the most, like, ridiculous breakout players um back in world war ii and he was just destroying everything he touched black ops 4 he had a really good season kind of had iffy events here and there happens to everyone but everyone's expecting him to do really really well in this upcoming season in modern warfare and then you have t2p time to pound coming back together with scump and formal and my goodness was this uh just years in the making it needed to happen again after they broke up at the uh, at the after the loss in the Black Ops three season, World War two. Yeah, it was Black Ops three right before World War two came out. It, it it was it was needing to come. Everyone knew it was going to come at some point again. They were going to team together, and it's finally happening. They've been having really good vibes. They've been really exciting about it. They've been doing really well online, playing scrims against each other, uh, other teams. <clears throat> And then you have Arcides, who was doing really, really well with his brother on United, uh, Pristini. When they were playing over there with Clay and Simp and Abizi, uh, really, really talented uh, player. He's going to do really well in this upcoming season. Everyone kind of knows what he can do and how talented he is. And then you have Envoy, or Envoy. And he's a recognizable name. He was over on the Gen.G roster, I believe. Uh, back in Black Ops 4 with like uh, Major Maniac and such. And he's a very good player. A lot of people don't know him. A lot of people haven't seen him play in the past. <clears throat> but I don't. I just do not think that they are prepared for how talented of a player he is. He's going to come out and really make a standout position on this roster. It's not going to be him just being carried by all these other four players. He's going to be an integral part. He's going to be making big differences, big plays. And the Chicago Huntsman, I would honestly put probably at the number two spot. Uh, they can definitely win out this whole season. Uh, if they can keep together, if they can play together well throughout the whole time, they're going to be really unstoppable. Coming in at number two is the probably the biggest rivalry in the eSports e or in the Call of Duty League already with the Chicago Huntsman is the Dallas Empire with a roster consisting of Crimsix, Hook, Shotzi, Clayster, and Illy. And my goodness, is this ridiculous. You have two insane veterans coming out and Crimsix and Clayster, they've been around since the beginning of Call of Duty Esports. It's they they haven't left. They've been dominating. Uh and honestly, when you look at this roster, you have a lot of Halo talent on here as well. Hook or Hook and Shotzi are uh coming back to COD. Hook used to play Call of Duty back in Advanced Warfare, had to move to Halo due to Halo or due to the age restrictions. Shotzi, uh, obviously just being in Halo for so long, both disgusting players and any kind of title that they put their hands in. Uh, and then Illy, Illy coming into this roster, uh, hasn't played in the league yet, 
just came out of the S and D scene. Everyone knows how insane this kid is. He's going to be a really fast player. He's going to be up in your face with an SMG. He's not going to leave you alone. This this whole roster is just really scary to look at the names and think of how talented they're going to be. I I can't wait to watch them, and I can't wait to watch them play the Huntsman. It's going to be probably just two, the story going on after and over and over and over again. Uh, just back and forth between maps, and they're all going to be close and matches, and it's just going to be a big storyline throughout this whole season. And finally, coming in at number one is the Atlanta phase with Abizi, Major Maniac, Simp, Celium, and Priesta. The tiny terrors. I This is completely made up, but I do believe that the average height on this team is 5'5 five, five or 5'6. Five, they are all little mini-me's, and they are all disgusting in Call of Duty. Abizi and Simp, obviously the original tiny terrors playing over on United uh, with Clayster, Arcides, and Pristini. Um, doing really well as a duo SMG. They cannot be stopped when they're on a map together. Major Mania coming over from Genji. He's going to be, he was doing really well on that roster. They're going to take care of things together. And it's Celium, really, really talented player, was playing over on FaZe. I believe he's, he's coming up to this Atlanta FaZe roster again. He's staying on that team along with Priesta, who was on 100 Thieves uh, as a loan from FaZe. And he's sticking with the roster. And this this team together is disgusting. They've been killing it online in scrims. I don't think they've lost many maps. I don't think they've ever lost an actual full series playing against each anyone uh, online. Seeing what they're going to do on land, obviously going to be very different. It's a very different setting. Tournament setting, competition is there. People, fans are there yelling against you. They're cheering against you. They're cheering for you. Things are very different once you get in person. I, I would not be surprised, though, if they dominate this entire season. Uh, it just makes sense with the talent that they have on this roster, how well they've been performing already. I, I am scared to watch any team play against them and see what they're able to do. So those are kind of my thoughts on the power rankings of this season. So now what we're going to do real quick is with this first event being a little different than what the rest of the format's going to be with the rest of the events being more tournament style. Uh, we actually have set times and set matches for the entire weekend. Uh, and so I'm going to go through each of these days and matches and kind of give my thoughts. So starting off uh, on Friday, January 24th at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Central, I believe, we have the biggest match that will happen in the entire event. Uh, starting it off with Chicago Huntsman versus the Dallas Empire. And this is going to be a very, very close set. Uh, I do believe it'll go to game five. It wouldn't be a surprise to anyone to see Mapstream traded back and forth against these teams. Uh, Chicago Huntsman with such a good, talented roster. Uh, I do believe that the Huntsman will be able to pull this first match out, and it'll be a big, big boost for them coming down the road and for the rest of this weekend. Coming up in the second match on Friday is the Seattle Surge versus the Florida Mutineers. And kind of what I was saying earlier, the Florida Mutineers are my dark horse team. I think they're going to perform really well. I could see them coming out in a 3-1 fashion over Seattle Surge. Um, I feel like Seattle Surge, they have a lot of talented people on the team, but they just need to find things to make them click a little bit better before the rock games really start. The last and final game on Friday, January 24th is the Los Angeles Gorillas and the Minnesota Rocker. 
Um, this should be an easy sweep for the Minnesota Rocker. The Gorillas, like I said, haven't had enough practice. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to take a map off Rocker yet, especially with all these things happening right now at the event where the Rocker are still being able to practice. <clears throat> Starting off the first match on sad Saturday, January 25th, is the New York Subliners against the Re London Royal Ravens. This is going to be another close match, probably a 3-1 or 3-2 uh, I, it's hard to say who's going to win it. I feel like the subliners probably have a little bit of an edge, uh, less travel time, a little bit less jet lag, and uh, just have a little bit more cohesiveness in their unit. They uh, they all have to uh, really uh, they've been playing together for a very long time. You have the inseparable uh, duo with Attach and Zuma playing together again. Um, you do have the, obviously the twins and Dylan on the other side of the roster on the other side of the um, map with. The London Royal Ravens, good lord, that was embarrassing. <laughs> um, but I do believe the subliners probably come out with a 3-1 or 3-2 victory. Um, the next match on Saturday will be Toronto Ultra against the Seattle Surge. This will be a toss-up. Uh, I think the Surge will be able to take it. They might lose that first match on Friday, but I think they're going to find out what they need to do. They're going to have their toss, they're going to watch film. They're going to have their strats ready to go the next day. And I feel like they're going to be able to take out the Ultra probably in a 3-1 fashion. <clears throat> following that match is the Los Angeles Gorillas against the Florida Mutineers. And this seems like a very just uh, easy match for the Florida Mutineers. They got a lot of talent on that roster. Again, I don't think the Gorillas are going to be prepared yet for what they are going to need to do for the rest of the season. Uh, the next match on Saturday will be Optic Gaming Los Angeles against the Paris Legion. I'm not even going to try to talk about this match right now. It's going to be a 3-0 for Optic. Uh, Atlanta phase versus the Dallas Empire is the final match on Saturday, and good Lord, is that going to be a good match. The number one and number two projected teams right now, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's definitely going to go to a game five. Um, I, I feel like Atlanta will be able to shut them down, kind of giving a Dallas Empire an 0-2 weekend, which will be really bad for their uh, morale. It'll be really bad for their egos, especially with Crim Six, but I think Atlanta just has too much talent on their team to not be able to take uh, – take down Dallas at this first event. And then the next uh, first match on Sunday, January 26th, we have Paris Legion against the London Royal Ravens. The two international teams uh, playing off against each other. It makes sense to have them play against each other. And this first event really have uh, the home crowds cheering against each other. Uh, I do believe that the Royal Ravens will be able to take this one out. Again, we haven't seen much from the Legion. Haven't had them uh, up here in too many scrims. Haven't had them practicing too much. It'll be Interesting to watch them play, but I do believe the Ravens will be able to pull this one out 3-0, possibly a 3-1 if the Legion can get their stuff together. Um, the next match is the Chicago Huntsman and Optic Gaming Los Angeles. Another make-sense match to have. Uh, you have Optic, obviously, kind of everyone talking about it being a shell of the original Optic. It used to be with Hex, and now Hex over at NRG with the Chicago Huntsman. It's just a natural rivalry to happen. Um, I do think that chicago has a big edge here it'll be a 3-1 possibly a 3-2 but the fifth map won't be close if it goes that far chicago huntsman should be able to close out this whole weekend 2-0 um, the next match on sunday is the new york subliners versus the atlanta phase again it should be atlanta just kind of dominating uh, it, I don't think that they're going to steamroll. I think they'll take a 3-1 victory in this. They'll drop a map here or there. Um, but I do think that they will still be able to take a 
series off of the New York Subliners pretty handedly. And the final match of the weekend is the Toronto Ultra versus the Minnesota Rocker. And it's a, another uh, Minnesota Rocker should be able to just handle their business here. Um, they might lose a map to the Ultra. It, it'll it be a closer matchup than probably most would think. Um, the Ultra are still going to come out and perform pretty well. But I do just believe that the Rocker are going to come together as a cohesive unit. They've been performing very well in their scrims as of late. And with this roster finally being announced for the Ultra, it's going to be a little iffy for them to be able to perform too well. So I have the Minnesota Rocker winning this series 3-1. to one. Uh, And that is the final match of the entire weekend. It's going to be a great weekend of Call of Duty. Everyone's really excited to watch this franchise league finally start. It's finally coming together. It's been decades in the making with how long or with how big Call of Duty has been. The eSport has been growing itself. And I think everyone's just really excited to watch. Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening to this first episode of the COD Breakdown. I'm going to be back with another episode Tuesday. Uh, breaking down kind of what happened over the weekend. We're going to go through each of the matches, look at how the players performed, look at how the teams performed as well. Uh, Go back. We're going to have a new power rankings. We're going to have to go through those, see what's going to come up. And following that, on the next Friday, we will have another episode leading into the next weekend of performing. um, Or not leading into the next episode, but we will have the – we will be heading – getting ready to start talking about what's going to be happening in London the next weekend. We're going to be talking about multiple things going on with Call of Duty at that point. We'll probably get off a bit of the COD lead, talk about updates that are coming out. But we got some exciting things going on here. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and I will see you soon.